Hey guys, get ready. Looking up is about to start. Be thou to me, a rock of habitation, to which I may continually come. Be thou to me, the strength of my salvation. Rock that I stand on will never fall. For Lord, you are God, and I am unworthy. Thank you for loving me in spite of my sin. For your love is life. Without it, I am nothing. Help me to stand on your firm foundation. My faith looks up to thee. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Looking Up Show. You welcome back. Welcome back. Did you hear that deep <laughs> voice from Father of the Year? Yes, <laughs> we have brought him back uh, by special demand. Justin Tarosian, the one and only, is back. Sorry, guys. Shavis is go. not back yet. Hey. Be back. <laughs> That's go. applause for the fact that Sharice is coming back soon. Sharice <laughs> is still busy with the little bubs that we're going to hear all about again today. And we've got some special guests that are going to, that are going to give us uh, a few important insights as to how the parents of the year, Justin and Sharissa, have been doing over this past month and a bit. So we're going to be um, introducing a couple of very special individuals a little later in the program, in the in the second uh, hour of our program after four o'clock. But before that, um, by the way, we have Shell, who is, um, as always, uh, wonderfully producing these wonderful programs. Thank you so much, Shell. Great job. She's going to America. Can you believe it? She's going to be leaving us for a couple really? of weeks, Justin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a so, little bit jealous. I haven't been home in four years, just about three and a half, four years, almost four years. Wow. Well, this is home now, yeah. but you know, quote unquote home. Yeah. As in the, your birthplace. Yeah. Your wonderful birthplace. So yeah, so Shell will be away for a little bit and, um, and then she'll be back. So we'll have someone filling in for her. And I'm Danny and so glad that you've joined us on the Looking Up show for another week. And we are so excited about what we will be looking at today. Today, there'll be lots taking place. We've got um, Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby, who's going to talk to us about some very, very important mm. developments that are taking place, especially in the education space. Mm-hmm. Um, and broader still, we're going to be taking a look. And we're also going to be uh, tuning into our good friend from ADRA, Kevin. Mm. Um, sorry, no, Luke. Where did I get Kevin from? There was a K in there. <laughs> Luke's going to be joining us in a little bit as well to give us an update on what's taking place with the relief effort there in Syria and Turkey. 
And so we're going to hear from him um, after this uh, next new song in a little bit. But in the meantime, folk, um, yeah, if you're listening for the first time from wherever you are listening, we are so glad that you have joined us on the Looking Up show and we pray that you will be blessed over these next couple of hours as we spend time taking a look at the nearness of Jesus' soon return. Justin, Jesus is coming very, very soon. And, uh, and today's news items, as we compare them with Scripture, will make that clearly evident. So, folk, um, we're in for a wonderful journey together through Scripture and by taking a look at what's taking place around us. That tells us that we need to keep looking up because Jesus is coming soon. In the meantime, sit back and listen to Evie, Give Them All, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. Are you tired of chasing pretty rainbows? Are you tired of spinning round and round? Wrap up all the shadow dreams of your life. Feet of Jesus, lay them down. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. Shattered dreams, wounded hearts, broken toys. Give them all, give them all, give them all to Jesus. Listening to Evie, give them all, and what a way to begin our program, mm. Justin. Give them all to Jesus. 
And uh, this program is all about putting Christ front and center. Yes, absolutely. And so today, once again, we are blessed to have Luke from Adra. Is he there? Let's take Um, a look. Here we go. Luke, are you with us? Are you with us, brother? Yes. Yes, I, I, I wasn't for a moment, but I'm here now, I think. Oh, Hello. fantastic. <laughs> Welcome, Luke. Good to hear your voice. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you giving up um, some of your precious time um, to give our Looking Up listeners a bit of an update on what's been taking place there in Syria and in Turkey in connection with the relief effort. And as I pointed out last time, um, uh, true to form, the the media coverage has slowly moved away um, from from pursuing this story and moved on to other matters. But we well and truly know that that the effort is only just beginning. So I think mm. it'd be uh, a timely a timely update from you to give us uh, to let us know where things are at at the moment with address. So maybe for those who are tuning in for the first time. Luke and um, you know weren't able to tune in the last time we shared. Um, would you? Nobody was able to tune in the last. Oh, time. Oh, that's right. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, we had we had some um, yeah we had some issues. <laughs> we had some issues. So yeah, so they're hearing this for the first time, Luke, because we had some technical issues last time. So we probably need to yeah just start at the beginning. And do you want to explain to people what Adra is? What does Adra represent? And who are, who is Adra? Yeah, absolutely. So ADRA stands for Adventist Development and Relief Agency. So that's the humanitarian agency of the the Seventh-day Adventist Church. It was um, established uh, many, many years ago to perform that sort of work around the world. And as it says in the name, you have development and relief. So relief is the sort of work we're talking about today, uh, responding to disasters, helping people who've been hit um, by terrible tragedies. Um, and then development is the ongoing work to, to lift people out of po- poverty, meet, meet their human rights, and, and allow them to live a life of dignity. Mm, wow, that's wonderful. And so ADRA is uh, situated in many parts of the world, is that correct? How many, how many countries around the world um, have ADRA work and relief taking place? Yeah, so ADRA is a, a, a network, a global network of country offices. So generally speaking, one office per country. We're present in more than 110 countries wow, uh, at the moment. Um, and, and most of those are, are doing some sort of work implementing projects. So directly active in, in helping people, uh, whether it be through a disaster response or a, a longer term development. Project. Mm. Mm. And Luke, you actually have access to help countries where there's not necessarily an ADRA office, isn't that correct? Yes. Yeah, so sometimes, particularly in, in uh, exceptional disasters like this one, uh, we'll, we'll get a team together from the network. So that, that's just what we call the collection of offices. People will pitch in, people who are available to go have the skills, and, and they will go into the disaster zone. Mm. Um, if there's local church presence there, obviously we work with them. Um, as we're doing in Turkey, uh, as we've been doing in Ukraine and continue to do. Mm. Uh, but sometimes uh, the, the ADRA people are, are the only presence that uh, mm. we as the Adventist Church have. Wow, wow. wow. So let's, let's talk about and zero in on Turkey and Syria at the moment. I think from the latest um, 
recollection of the news uh, that I came across is over 40,000, some 45,000 that have been um, accounted as far as sadly passed away, um, died in the earthquake. Um, are, th- are those numbers um, that you have or have the numbers gone up? And I'm sure the numbers will continue to go up as they continue to clear the rubble um, mm. that has formed. And how many people are displaced at the moment? And how many, how many have sadly passed away? Do you have any numbers? Yeah, I, I do have some slightly updated numbers. Um, the latest report we've got says 41,000 confirmed mm-hmm. uh, deaths from mm-hmm. the earthquake. Wow. That's across Syria and Turkey, which mm. is and it's just a staggering number to happen in such a short period, like a sort of single event like that. Um, and the sad reality is that the the, the 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 increase in that number has kind of slowed down now, but that's not because they've counted everybody who's died. That's unfortunately just because anybody who hasn't been found yet is, is not going to have survived at this point. And so the focus is now moving on to helping people who have survived um, and the search and rescue is not as intense as, mm. as it has been previously. Yeah. So there's still a lot of, of, unfortunately, there's still a lot of people yet to be found, yeah. um, particularly on the Syria side. Um, and then we saw just this week, um, Monday night, Thursday morning, Australian time, there was another earthquake. In yeah, the area. I heard about that. And there were a few people um, that died in that as well. Yeah, not as big as the previous no. ones, but but it also killed and trapped more people. So they're, they're just going through, you know, you don't want to exaggerate, but they're just going through hell over mm. there at the moment. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's that, that, that's quite staggering. How many are, are displaced based on, on the numbers that you have? Just, just to give our listeners a bit of a a bit of a perspective of, of, of the scale of the tragedy. Yeah. So displacement numbers are, are, are hard to estimate because um, you've got people who go to evacuation shelters and they can be counted relatively easily. Mm. Um, you got, but you've also got a lot of people going to relatives or friends, uh, moving out of the region entirely. So it, that's all, all a bit tricky. But the estimate we have says there's been about nine 9.1 million people affected. Wow. 9.1 um, wow. million. That's like greater than the so, whole Sydney area. Oh, that's like yeah. Sydney and Melbourne combined. Wow. Yes, it's, it's, it's a big chunk of Australia's population. And, and if you, you think about the way someone can be affected by this disaster, you're not just talking about, you know, uh, being injured in, in a building collapse or something like that, you're also looking at the economic impact, all the people who've lost jobs, mm. all the people who've lost relatives, um, all the food production that's been destroyed, all the infrastructure, the electrical uh, grid, the water supply, the sewerage system, all of those have stopped functioning in many of the affected areas, and they will all have an impact on the lives, of a negative impact, to be clear, on the lives of people um, in that area, even if they were fortunate enough to not survive the earthquake, mm. uh, to survive, to not be injured in the earthquake. Mm. Sorry. So it, 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 the scale of, of the need is is staggering. Um, uh, you, everybody involved, um, the address staff and the other agencies, and and just volunteers from the general public and the governments as well, are working flat out, and and the need is is far beyond what what mm. the combined effort can reach. Mm. Um, now, speaking of, of need, um, how, how can our listeners uh, assist in meeting these needs? Um, what are some ways that they can assist? Obviously, uh, financial giving would have to be at the top of the list. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, the the reality for the situation for us in Australia being quite physically far from the the disaster is that the best way to help is is to donate money, um, because even to send people from here or to send goods from Australia to Syria and Turkey at this time um, can be quite complicated. It's very expensive uh, and it can take a very long time. Um, and money is, is something which can get over there very quickly uh, to local teams responding um, and they can, they can be using it uh, rapidly. So that, that is the best way um, to support here. Um, there, there are, there are people in Australia who've been affected by the, the other, the other thing I would th- would say is the emotional support. There are people in Australia who have been affected by disaster, who've got family connections over in these countries. Um, if, if you have any contacts who, who have friends and relatives in Turkey and Syria, um, just reaching out to them and, and seeing how they're doing and if they're okay and expressing concern can also be a way to help. You know, the, the emotional side of, of these disasters, the trauma and the, the stress and the suffering that it inflicts on people is really important to remember. And, and caring for others and, and displaying that care is something that every single one of us can do. Mm. Uh, even if we can't afford to make a financial contribution, which is totally okay, or, 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 or there's nothing else we can do, we, we can always express love for others. Mm, absolutely. And when it comes to providing financial assistance as people are able to, uh, they can, of course, go to your website, which is adra.org.au. Is that correct? Yes. Adra, A-D-R-A dot org dot A-U. Or there's a number um, that you gave us uh, last time when we spoke, which unfortunately we weren't able to bring bring on air, but that was 1-800-242-372. Is that correct? Uh, hang on, I'm, I'm just quickly loading the web page. Okay. <laughs> I believe that is correct. Yes, yeah, so I'll repeat but, that. One eight hundred. So please. that's one eight hundred two four two three seven two. I'm just. Yes. Yeah, I. Yeah, my wife and I we we're regular donors of of Adra um, because there's just so many various needs. Mm-hmm. And I got an email from them just the other day, and it was um, sharing a report that they're in Syria at a distribution uh, center or a city called Latakia. I'm not sure if I pronounced that. Uh, there were some, you know, 2,000 plus people that were provided shelter mm. and meals um, in that particular area. Is that is that um, very much part of what ADRA is currently doing there in Syria, which has been impacted by the civil war for over, I guess, 10 years now? Yeah, a hundred percent. Latakia and Aleppo are the two uh, centres where we had officers um, that were responding to the needs of people affected by the civil war prior to this earthquake. So um, when the earthquake hit, and, and these are in the earthquake affected area, they've pivoted immediately to providing support for for people affected by the earthquake so the food and the water and the shelter and 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 the warm clothes have been immediate needs that uh, they've been meeting there uh, from day one um, and are continuing to support even as they're looking to to scale up their activities with new funding coming in from, from very generous donors such as yourself um and they're, they're looking to move into meeting other needs that people have um, so hygiene is a particular concern at the moment because of the lack of clean water supplies, the lack of functioning sewerage systems. And with evacuation centres, you get a lot of people in a small space. They don't have a huge amount of privacy or, or, or 
cleanliness um, and it can it can very quickly be an environment which disease spreads through um, so those sort of needs uh, we're looking to be meeting over the coming months as well um, and then you also have to co consider the the fact that it's still winter there it's it's still very cold um, and so keeping people warm being able to cook food um, having a place that people can sleep at night in, in warmth and comfort uh, these are really, really big needs, and that's both in Turkey and Syria. The the shelter and the health and hygiene are the really big concerns at the mm. moment. Okay, wonderful. I understand that Adra is is uh, quite often the first on the ground in after an emergency strikes. Is that right? Uh, it's, it certainly was the case this time in Fantastic. Syria. Yeah, God they bless were, you guys. They were there. Um, immediately and, and we're very we're very very proud of them and and you know for those of us you know over here in australia working on things from our end we're just in awe of our, our teams on the ground mm. they are amazing people and and we're very grateful for their work yeah, yeah absolutely that's fantastic luke now um you have uh, very good relations with the uh, government there in syria i understand and so that enables you to be able to work effectively in, in times like this, but also prior to the earthquake. Um, ADRA, as you said, have, have offices there. So that must be a real blessing to, to have good relations with the government for the sake of assisting, you know, these hundreds, thousands, millions of people that are in need. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a, princ it's a principle of the way we work um, that we, you know, we don't go into territories or, or areas without permission. Um, we we need to be allowed to be there by the authorities. That's really important, um, and it's not important just for the practical safety aspect of it, but also because um, you you want to be showing respect mm. um, for people that you're there to help ostensibly, and kind of barging in when you're not sort of allowed to be there, even with the best of intentions, can mm. can have all sorts of, of of side effects. So we we work very hard um, to be. Uh, politically neutral yeah. and, and focused on being a net positive for everybody um, and, and the humanitarian mission, which is to, is to find people in need and help them. Yeah. Um, and, and generally speaking, when, when that is your goal and when the people you interact with, you know, government officials or, or whoever it may be, when they see that that is genuinely what you're there for, you don't have any ulterior motive, you don't mm. have another purpose behind behind what you're doing and you can build a, a little bit of trust, yeah. um, then you you do find doors open. Mm, wonderful. Well, praise the Lord for that. Thank you so much, Luke. We want to have a prayer for you and your team um, that are working there in ADRA and uh, we really appreciate you coming on the program and we look forward to hearing from you again in the future because we know that there will be so much more to share. So I'm going to invite my friend Justin if you'd like to say a, a, a prayer for, yes, for, absolutely. for Luke and the ADRA team. Definitely. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for, for ADRA, the Adventist uh, Development and Relief Association that is able to be on the ground so quickly after disasters that strike like this one in Syria and Turkey. And Father, as well, in addition to that, to help with the development of nations and parts of the world that need uh, mm -hmm. development and need help. God, we want to pray for Luke and for the office here in Australia that you would give them special wisdom and guide them by your spirit. And Lord, we pray um, for those in various countries of the world who are trying to strengthen relationships with local governments in order to be able to have access to provide 
in times of emergency and need. We know that these relations and these conversations need to happen um, so that your spirit can work and lead and, and bless in this way. And so we pray for those on the ground in Syria and Turkey in a special way, most of all right now. And we pray that your angels would be there serving along with them. So thank you, Lord, and show us what we can do besides pray uh, for Adra, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank amen. you so much, Luke. God thank bless you, you brother. Thank you very really much. appreciate it. And we'll be in touch and um, give you an opportunity to share once again. Thank you so much and God bless. We now have um, Harmony Quartet. What will you do for Jesus? The news, and then we'll be back. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Sweeter than honey, better 
every motive and every intention be pleasing in your sight, oh God. For your voice refreshes my soul. Brings joy to my heart and light to my eyes. Your words more precious than gold, sweeter than honey, better than life. Purify my heart. May every word. Every thought, every motive, every intention be pleasing in your sight, oh God. Be pleasing in your sight, oh God. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. You're on the Looking Up show. This afternoon, the 22nd of February, 2023, we're into the month of February and we've got an extremely important interview right now and I'm not going to waste any time and we're going to go straight to our good friend here on the Faith FM program, Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby. Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is probably one of the more important, one of, one of the most important interviews that we're going to do over these next few minutes. I'm going to simply read uh, Wendy as an introduction before I let you loose and to share with our listeners how important uh, this is and what's taking place in a couple of days' time. I got an email yep. from the Australian Christian Lobby and it had this as the opening. Hi, Danny. Well, Daniel, thank you to all who have completed the public survey to defend Christian schools. And now this point here, the Australian Law Reform Commission is conducting an inquiry into religious schools and the current recommendations would effectively mean the end of authentic Christian schooling. Now, that is huge, mm. Wendy. There could be yeah. parents that are driving their kids home from from school right now that have children at a Christian school, so they're going to maybe have to pull over on the side of the road to listen into what you've got to share. So yeah. can you please, yeah, tell us, what does all this mean? What's going on? Look, I'm really grateful to you for your time because it is really important and it's come to crunch time. I think for the past couple of years, uh, there's been a number of people saying, look, we could see the end of Christian schooling if it keeps going. Mm-hmm. We've, we've now gotten to the stage where, yes, we really, really could. Wow. The, the background, like it, it really goes right back to um, the same-sex marriage laws passing in 2017 because after that time, the Australian Parliament, um, they basically recognised that there was going to be a need for federal religious discrimination laws to protect 
the right of, you know, Australians of faith, religious institutions, but, you know, in particular we're talking about Christians, to continue to, to live and to teach their children um, according to their beliefs regarding sexuality, marriage, gender, these things, these really important issues of life. And so we're still waiting for that religious discrimination bill. So what the government has done is um, put it through to the Australian Law Reform Commission because they're concerned and um, and unjustly concerned, I would have to say, that if we give too many rights to religious institutions to live according to their faith, then we might actually remove some um, rights of people who identify as same-sex or transgender. So um, I feel disappointed, really. I guess I feel really disappointed, first of all, with terms of reference because the terms of reference that were given to the ALRC um, have actually put them in a really difficult position because they've got to somehow balance rights that are, um, are very opposite to each other. So really they're running in parallel lines. But what the ALRC have come up with, we'd have to say, is absolutely the worst case scenario. So their consultation paper that they've put out as an initial um, consultation paper, we still have time to react to. So we've got until the 24th of February, which is just this coming Friday. Mm. So it is, um, it is running out of time. But... If, if their consultation paper is the one that's taken up by the government, the, the, this is absolutely not exaggerating when I say that, um, schools will be, Christian schools will be compelled to permit, uh, the promotion of ideology which absolutely con- contradicts mm. Christian beliefs concerning wow. marriage and identity mm. and they also will no longer be allowed to even um, hire staff who have who maintain their distinctive religious ethos and wow. their Christian so we're getting to the stage where um, many schools will no longer be able to actually fulfill their, mm. their mm. mission and purpose and I was and I was even I was listening to Martin Isles and in an interview in a radio interview and he was sharing there was a, a third a third point um, whereby um, Christian schools will no longer be able to have, say, you know, male and female um, toilets, camps, uh, mm. male and female oh. dormitories where you know they, 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 they sleep, they're sleeping separately, and so on and so forth. So, so this is this is a complete radical mm. change to to how Christian schools operate on a day to day basis. Absolutely, but you know how they do operate already is we Christian schools. I don't know of a Christian school that discriminates against a child who might identify as a different gender mm. or, or mm-hmm. sexual. Um, because to be honest, a Christian school is the most loving environment that you can mm-hmm. actually find for a child who is confused. But if this pass, if the ALIC recommendations pass, that same child would be entitled to start a. Pride Club, a Rainbow Club. At yeah, the that's right. That's right. Yeah. Invite, you know, Magda Zabransky or, or, you know, a well known, um, you know, gay identity. Or to a come. drag queen or someone like that. Absolutely. To come and speak. Mm. Yep. A, a teacher could have a drag queen in the library to come wow. and read. Have, have mercy. Wow. And yeah. the scary thing that you mentioned, um, one of the scariest things to me is that the school wouldn't even be able to uh, hold to its own biblical beliefs of hiring people who believe what they believe. So in a sense, the identity of Christian schools will cease to be Christian, right? Well, that's correct, because it's not just even um, teachers that Christian schools, many Christian schools, and some some don't, but many Christian schools want that ethos and that um, faith community to um, to be uh, permeated through every 
staff member. So that when um, the groundsman is asked what a certain tree is in the in the playground, he can say, well, that's a jacaranda. Isn't it beautiful how God has made the mm. jacaranda tree? You know, the, the uh, Christian school wants every part of the child's mm. learning experience yeah. to be based in an understanding of God. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Wendy, I know that you're limited for time. You've only got a couple of days and before the submissions um, conclude, how can people share their thoughts and their views um, in connection with what you've just shared? How can they have their voices heard so that these um, different voices go to the Australian you know, yeah. Law Reform Commission? Absolutely. So ACL have got a web page up. Um, so if you go to the acl.org.au, you'll find a page that you can still participate in. There's a public survey and there's also an opportunity to make a submission. Um, we also have a help sheet just to try and explain what the questions are. But I'd also um, love to say to your listeners that one of the best and most effective ways is for them to get in touch with their federal MP, particularly if that MP is a Labor MP, and let their views be known. Let them know that we see this as something that's really important. Mm. My husband and I, we are uh, we are grandparents, and some of our grandchildren go to Christian schools now. So it's not just when you're young and when you're um, you know having your children. It's the next generation and the generation after that mm. as well. Yeah, you're you're, you're correct um, in what you shared right at the very beginning of 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 of, of your segment in that since the same sex marriage. Um, uh, laws came through in 2017. It's been a tsunami. It's been a tsunami of yes, of, of these kind of um, views coming through to undermine and and destroy those fundamental beliefs that we find in you know the creation account, which are the bedrock of a healthy and a prosperous society. Mm, um, that's right. And so yeah. yeah, so you know we've seen it. It's been blinding to, to. It's almost impossible to keep up, and we don't even have time to talk about. You know, New South Wales looking to introduce that. You know, the the private member looking to introduce the the conversion. Um, yes. You know, the conversion therapy legislation and how both are basically signing up to that. Both of the major parties and certainly even yeah. the, even the Liberal Party, in principle, to quote yeah. Dominic Perrette, is 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 looking to sign up to that. And so the pressure on governments, the pressure on all institutions, and now even the Christian schools. Uh, where 30% of our students in Australia go to a Christian school um, are intact. We want to have a prayer for you, Wendy, um, because of the work you're doing, because you need all of God's wisdom. So I'm just going to have a short prayer for you, and then we'll let you go. And And we really appreciate your time. Father in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you for what Wendy and Martin and and the entire team there at Mm. the ACL, Australian Christian Lobby, do on a day-by-day basis, Lord. In order to... to, continue to hold the line on on religious freedom for all not just christians but for all dear lord and uh lord we we ask and pray that you give them wisdom that you give them strength mm. and that you'll give them endurance lord yes. may they continue to fight the good fight fight of faith mm. to the end and may they continue to persevere thank you for what they do and may you bless them place a hedge of protection around them and their families mm. in particular and we thank you, Lord, for what they do. And we pray to you, Lord, that this 
that this legislation will never ever come to fruition here in our mm. nation, so yeah. that so that our families and our young people may be able to continue to to hear and experience. Uh, the good news of the gospel that transforms lives not only in the here and now but prepares young people and families for eternity. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Wendy. God bless. Thank you so much, Wendy. And we look forward to hearing from you again in the near future. Will do. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. Wow. How do you even unpack that, Huge things are happening. Absolutely huge things. And I mean, that's not the only thing, as we're no, going to no, get to later no, on. That, There's just so isn't. much happening that is causing us, as we look around, to realize that we need to be lifting up our eyes for our redemption, our redemption draws nigh. Jesus is soon to come. Indeed, indeed. It's called the Looking Up Show for a reason, and I mm. believe the Lord you know, impressed uh, my friend Peter Watts, who was you know, right there with me at the beginning, 2020, when we were invited to host a radio program uh, with a title looking up that's based on Luke 21, 28, mm. where Jesus said in connection with his second coming and the signs of his coming at the end of that sermon, he shared, when you see all these things taking place, which is the things we talk about from week to week, look up because your redemption is drawing near. Mm. So these things are telling us that our redemption is drawing near indeed. Absolutely. You know, could you could you have ever imagined, Justin? I mean, you're from the states, and you know, the United States have a very strong history and heritage of of, of Christian principles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how and religious liberty and for religious all. Religious liberty. I mean, it's in your yeah. it's in your First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, things are changing in the United States as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they are. Um, not as quick. Well, I not shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say not as quickly as here, but it hasn't gone as far as what we just talked yeah. about Wendy with Wendy, uh, thankfully. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely heading that direction in in many sectors, and we see the pendulum kind of swinging, mm. you know, to the left. But um, it can and it, it, it likely will. will swing back to the right harder, mm. where people go, "Hey, we got to get back to morality, get back to God," and they actually decide to legislate morality mm. but something that is not biblical and it's actually not biblical to legislate religion that's no, not uh, it's it's anti-bible anti-biblical anti-god to to require and to force the conscience in that's any right. direction even if you're forcing someone to do the right thing exactly because we should have the the choice as God has given us um, you know we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights mm. the, the pursuit of life liberty and the pers- the the Oh no, Shell, help oh, me out. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> Lack of sleep. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Thank you. Yes, um and oh, man. you know, um it's true what you're sharing. Um it's it's biblical because Jesus said, you know, rend unto Caesar the things that belong to Caesar and rend unto God the things that belong to God. Yeah, that's right. Even the 10 commandments, the way the way they are composed, you've got the first four that deal with our relationship with God. So mm. that's our, you know, that's our connection with God. That's mm-hmm. the religious side, and then you've got the next six that focus on our relations with one another, and that's where the government has a role to play in order to protect, um, you know, relationships and that which is for the betterment of society. Absolutely, and you know, let me just say this is fascinating. Just as you mentioned America, and I know we're going to a break in a minute. Let me just say this really quickly: the the three branches of the U.S. government. The judicial, the legislative, and the executive branch. Um, I learned this just a few years ago. They got the idea from the Bible. 
Well, from wrong? this guy named Charles Montesquieu, who was uh, a founding, you know, a French, a French political philosopher that the founding fathers quoted second to the Bible only. And he actually said that Isaiah 33, 22, it says this, the Lord is our judge. That's the judicial mm-hmm. branch. Mm-hmm. The Lord is our lawgiver. That's the legislative branch. The Lord is our king. That's executive wow. branch. So that's where the inspiration of the three branches of U.S. government actually came from. And of course, you know, um, imperfect humans would tend to grasp for more power than they should. And that's why each branch was set up with certain powers and checks and balances, having extra checks on the executive branch of president, because that's the one that was in the most danger of becoming like a king, which, wow. of course, the founders of America were running away from. The, they said, we want a, a country without a, a king and a, a church without a pope. Mm-hmm. Well, they said it the other way around. We want a church without a pope and a country without a king, mm-hmm. uh, because they'd seen the atrocities of the Middle Ages in Europe. Wow. And so, anyhow, um, before before the... the um, the Declaration of Independence, or before the uh, current, man, I'm lacking some sleep, and I'll just throw this in the next time, but um, anyway, I was going to share something, but I'm realizing we're running out of time, and my mind was stuck in, like, second gear when I needed it to be in fifth, so, Danny. So, uh, whilst Justin has a nap, um, catches <laughs> us on some important sleep, listen to this beautiful song from Newsboys, All Hail to the Power of Jesus' Name, and we'll be back. <laughs> Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. seat of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him lord of all to him all majesty ascribe and crown him lord of
You've been listening to Newsboys on the Looking Up show. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Amazing a cappella, Justin. Mm, yeah, beautiful. Beautiful mm. harmonies. Beautiful harmonies. You know, they indeed. say the most complex instrument in existence is the human voice, mm-hmm. the, the vocal, vocal cords. cords. Yeah, right. Yes, indeed, the vocal cords. Well, folk, we, we have been... Um, really journeying through some very, very important matters uh, thus far on the Looking Up show, and we are so glad that you are joining us. You may want to get in touch with us. You may have a question or a comment that you want to put to us, and especially our special guests that we're going to introduce in just a moment. And that number is 4 That's 4 one seven six two four. So if you want to text us um, with a question or a comment, please do so. We also will have, um, and I'll do this probably in the next section, I'll let you know about the, the book uh, that we're going to be giving away today. We've got five copies of this book that highlights uh, two ADRA volunteers, the first two ADRA directors who lived in China undercover. Mm, wow, that'd undercover. be fascinating. What's that book called? Um, it's called The Bright Side of China ah. by Bob and Trevor Burgess. So, Can I get, text in for that? Yeah. After, <laughs> after the fifth, after the fifth caller has texted in, you can be the sixth and I'll give you this piece of paper that has the <laughs> advert on it. <laughs> and I'll go buy the book. <laughs> and you'll go, give, go, exactly. So, um, yeah, so The Bright Side of China, we're going to be giving five copies away but listen out for the code word in the next section well now we have some special guests that are tuning in right now for the very first time on the looking up show and i'm going to invite my good friend justin to welcome and introduce (laughs) these two very important people in his life. These people were going to come into the studio today, but their son couldn't make it back after running around for work appointments to pick him up. Mm -hmm. And that was me. It's my mom and dad, Hovick and Edie, but we have called them in thanks to Shell and her technical prowess and abilities. So, dad and mom, we're so glad you can join us on the Looking Up show. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to be here. (laughs) Oh, how exciting. I have left the baby news update until now. Um, We didn't talk babies. I don't even think we've even mentioned little baby Judah up until now. And um, we wanted to leave it so that you could give your insights as first-time grandparents because there are plenty of grandparents out there listening right now and they are like sitting on the edge of their seat wondering what are these brand new grandparents going to say and shell she's smiling because she knows from experience what it's like to be a brand new grandparent <laughs> so well congratulations on becoming grand brand new grandparents thank you it's amazing oh fantastic well so you guys have come over from the united states is that yes. correct yeah. yes california yes. northern california about an hour and a half north of san francisco uh the the yeah, the Napa Valley, Angwin, a little mountaintop town mm. called Angwin. And um, yeah, they're here with us for another week. Can you believe a week from tomorrow, you guys are flying home already? Unbelievable. Yeah, the time flies. So how long have you guys been here for so far? We've been here since February 7th. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like we got here yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a week from today, you'll be going home. And you left winter to come for summer. How has that been? Right. It, it was a welcome for us. <laughs> we, we left the icy cold and came to a beautiful warm weather. 
Oh, wonderful. And today it's like pouring down rain. Cats and dogs, cats and dogs here in Newcastle. It is still warm for us. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Now, so tell us, tell us, little baby Judah, please tell us, share with our listeners what was it like? What was going through your mind and your heart when you first laid eyes? Like, I mean, I know you would have seen pictures and so forth and, and on FaceTime and so forth, but in person and you were able to hold and touch little baby Judah for the first time. What was it like? It's really, it's really hard to describe. It's just we had a, a, a smile plastered on our face that just wouldn't go away. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's just such a beautiful miracle. It is a love that only grandparents can experience it. No matter how many times we tell people, if they're not grandparents, they wouldn't understand. It's a totally different love. Wow. Wow. Yes, it is. Now, um, I remember, you know, my grandparents have passed away now. I was blessed to have them for many years. Um, they passed away two years ago in their 90s. And I know that my grandparents thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. They never saw any problems with me. They only saw positive things and they always defended me. Um, so grandparents are amazing. It's like they've got these blinkers on <laughs> when it comes to the reality of their grandchildren. Um, so tell us... Uh, What's it been like, um, you know, spending time with Justin and Sharissa during this time, this, I guess, this this new season mm. in their life? Um, has Justin been just as cool, calm and collected or have you seen a slightly different side to your son? Um, <clears throat> no, he just uh, is a wonderful father. And it's just oh, thanks, even Mom. When... I'll pay you later. <laughs> Keep going. Well, well, we don't need to worry about the grandparents being all all positive about the grandchildren. They're, they're about the son as well. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. This is good. Well, Justin smiling. Even when Judah hears his his voice on the phone, his eyes light up. Mm. And mm. and like like his auntie Mar- Marita says. He's perfect even when he's crying. Oh, I love that. Perfect even when he's crying. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. So um, what has been your responsibilities with little baby Judah? What responsibilities have been given to you guys? Well, it hasn't been very many, but I love to hold him and just we bounce him on a big... Uh, yeah, we sit on this exercise ball, ball and it's the only thing that calms him when he's crying. he loves it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Quite a few times he fell asleep in my arms and it's just, I smile while he's sleeping. <laughs> mm. oh, and little Judah loves music and so I play the keyboard for him. Mm. And if he's crying a little bit, he stops to listen to the music and I'll just play and play and he loves it. <laughs> Oh wow! Wow! That's... I think I think that's because when the uh, Charissa was pregnant, they played and they sang to him. So that's why he loves music. Mm. Now, when you when you take a a, a look, um, an objective look, an objective look at Judah, who do you see? <laughs> what do you see? What what features from mom? What features from dad do you see? He looks like Judah. 
<laughs> Good answer. Very diplomatic. Time will tell. He has a little bit of both of them, uh-huh. and uh, even when we sent pictures back home, some of the my my friends said, "Oh, he looks like you, Hovik. He has a big forehead." Oh, <laughs> but that's because he doesn't have hair over there, right? Now. <laughs> well, the sweetness of both of his parents is doubled in Judah. Uh, yep. Oh wow! And let's Sharif, hope it lasts through the terrible twos. <laughs> no, I think Sharissa was telling me that that he's got her nose. Yes, I agree. From the get go, we looked at it. I looked at it and went, "He's got your nose." Wow! Wow! Which wow. is her dad's nose. Uh, have you had Have you had to change any nappies, Hovik? Not on Judah. No. Not on Judah. Okay, so you just I, on his dad. Just on his dad. <laughs> just on Judah's dad. Yeah, you were probably traumatized by what what took place all those years ago with Justin. That you can't go down that road again. It's too much for you. You've barely just got out of counselling, and so you can't afford to go back in. I guess you know, Edie, Edie probably has. I'm sure Edie would have as a grandmother. Surely she would love to have changed a nappy or two or more. Well, I. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, wow. Well, you've We've given to... them all the pleasant responsibilities. Wow. <laughs> wow. When, when you love him so much, it's a pleasure to change him because he feels better. Mm. Yeah, he feels so better we when he changes nappy. He always clean. So. He doesn't cry unless there's something wrong. He's a good baby. He yeah. is a good baby. But he'll let you perfect. know when there's something wrong. <laughs> Sometimes very loudly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... It's really lovely to hear that you guys have had the opportunity to come over and to spend some time with little baby Judah because we know if this if this would have all taken place a year or so ago, you know, during the pandemic when the borders mm-hmm. were closed, uh, you would not have been able to come for a long period yeah. of time. And, that's right. That's right. You're praising God. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I know of some grandparents, you know, who live overseas and uh, the first time they were able to in person meet their grandchild was when they were walking um, yeah. because of the pandemic yeah. because of the pandemic so they didn't have that opportunity mm. to cuddle them while they were little and so yeah what a wonderful blessing mm, what amen. a wonderful blessing absolutely well, yeah well is there anything else you'd like to share anything else from your experience as as brand new grandparents um, anything that comes to mind spoiled your grandbaby <laughs> That's what the grandparents are for. <laughs> Und- under supervision of the parents, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, anything from anything else from you, Edie? Well, every time he wakes up, it's it's like a new day, and we're just so happy to be with him. And and uh, he, I've captured quite a few of his darling smiles, <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, he's just such a sweetheart. Mm. And so you've got plenty of photos together with little baby Judah. Oh, yes. And uh, I guess what comes to my mind is his name means thanksgiving or praise. Mm. Mm. And um, we praise God for bringing us through COVID and lots of time apart. But last time my parents were here... um, I was in the middle of chemotherapy for cancer. Mm -hmm. And so we felt Judah, the name Thanksgiving or praise, is very appropriate because we're so grateful to God and we praise him. 
Um, and we're thankful to him for healing me of cancer last year. And something interesting, Judah, um, J-U, first two letters of his dad's name, Justin, that's me. D-A are the first two letters of Sharissa's dad's name, David. And then A-H, the first two letters of my dad, who's on the line, Hovik, whose first name is Avanes. So A-H, Avanes, Hovik. Wow, look at that. So it all kind of fit in. Fit into his name. Only Justin and Sharissa could work something like that out. <laughs> Nobody else could. No chance. That's right. Uh, little, so that's Judah Levon Luca Tarosia. Yeah, that's wow. right. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. exciting. And we do need to mention that this past Saturday was a very special uh, mm, Sabbath yes. uh, mm. in that little Judah was wow. dedicated. That's right. We had Pastor Danny that's join right. us and Pastor Wayne Boehm. And uh, it was a beautiful dedication yeah, of Judah. It was. So, so Justin and Sharissa wanted to dedicate their little boy as little children have been dedicated down through history in Old mm. Testament and New Testament time, including Jesus himself, who was dedicated by his Amen. parents, um, Mary and Joseph. So that was a very special moment. And it's wonderful that you could be here to witness the dedication of little Judah, and I know that will be something that will remain with you for a long, long time to come. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're out of time. Hovik okay. and Edie, we wish you all the best as you head back home, back to the land of the free and the home of the brave, or the very brave. <laughs> thank you so much. And we look forward to your next visit when you will see baby Judah who will be a whole heap bigger and taller and stronger. But until then, Chris Rice, Rock of Ages, and we'll be Rock back after that. Ages cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin the double Save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever? Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look. Thee for grace, found I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Wash me, Savior, I die. While I draw this fleeting breath. When my eyes shall close in death When I rise to worlds unknown And behold thee on thy throne 
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song from mm. Chris Rogers. Rock. Uh, Rice. Rice. Chris Rice, Rock of Ages. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Chris Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, Rock of Ages. Beautiful hymn. Rock of Ages, Clef for it me. Is beautiful. Let Powerful me words. hide myself in thee. And if ever there was a time to be hidden in Christ, it is now. So we've had some wonderful guests today. We've had Luke from ADRA. Uh, we also had Wendy Francis from the ACL mm-hmm. giving us an update on some very important matters that that we need to be not only aware of, but I pray, you know, proactive mm-hmm. in seeking to protect um, freedom of religion, especially within our Christian school community and the importance of that. And then we had, we left the best tell last. We left <laughs> my uh, mom and dad. Hope you Justin's mom and dad. Yeah. So that was really exciting to hear. Your from usual co hosts, in laws. Yes, indeed, indeed. And um, so we hope and pray. Sharissa's doing well. Sharissa, if she you're is. listening. I think she's listening. If you're listening, we're hoping and praying you're doing well with baby Judah. She's an amazing mom. Yeah, like, she is. I, was I, told, just, her, I yeah. told her the other day again. She's like, really? You think so? Absolutely. Yeah, she, Are you she's, kidding? She's, she's really... And I started listing off the reasons why. Yeah. She's really switched on. Like, I was there the other day having lunch with Justin and Sharissa after the baby dedication. And by the way, Shell informed us, our producer, that she was there at the dedication of her mm. granddaughter um, on Saturday as well. Is that right, Shell? That must yeah, have been... little Audrey. Oh, little Audrey. How exciting. You've got two grandchildren now, haven't you, Shell? Three? <gasps> wow. Two from one son, my two granddaughters, and uh-huh. my grandson from our other son. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you're up to three. Shell is gunning for ten. Ten grandchildren, five from each. How does that sound, Justin? <laughs> uh, uh, make it seven from each. Make it seven. Okay. So there you go. So, Sharissa, if you're listening, um, the perfect number <laughs> for Justin is seven. That's so right. Twelve is a good biblical number, too. So don't get rid of those baby clothes anytime soon. Sharissa, <laughs> hold on to them all because you're going to need them. You're going to use them up. You're going to wear them out by the time you get to number seven. You're going to really wear out all those jumpsuits. <laughs> um, anyway. So, um, yeah, now, Sharissa, just amazing work. You know, I just see how she goes about her business, mm. just takes it very seriously. And, yeah, she's got all those motherly instincts. Yeah. And she did ask me before she, before he was born. She's like, do you think those – she's like, I hope those motherly instincts kick in. Mm. And, of course, they will. What are you talking about? Of course, they will. And they did. And they did. And while yes. we were all, like, just enjoying good food and relaxing and chatting – she was there in the bedroom settling little Judah. Yeah. And um, Justin was there just chit- chit-chatting, eating, <laughs> relaxing. And his and going wife. back and forth every <laughs> once in a while, checking on how she yeah. and the baby were. But yes. Yeah. Every couple of hours, you'd drop uh, in and just see if she was okay, give her some water. And then he'd be back. <laughs> no, no he, was, he was very good. He was a very conscientious father. He was a super-duper yeah. conscientious Took father. Took her two plates of food from lunch. <laughs> yeah, Judah was a little unsettled then for some reason. Yeah. I think all the people 
at church, you know, he saw a lot of people, met a lot of people, and mm, that was his such first, creatures his first of day, habit. Wasn't it? Yeah, first it day. was first yeah. day at church, first time ever at church, first Sabbath, and you know, like there's such creatures of habit that when something is not as it normally is, it really kind of shakes them up a little bit and unsettles them. But yeah, he calmed it down, and they were able to come back out and enjoy the time. But yes, everyone, don't worry, Sharissa will be back soon, and you won't have to hear my voice anymore. But you'll get to hear her and Danny bouncing back and forth. And, uh, yeah, she'll be back on radio very soon. Next Sabbath, unfortunately, timing-wise, we're taking my parents to the airport. So uh, it'll be neither of us with uh, Danny, but another co-host that you're going to look forward to hearing. I don't mm. want to spoil it. Um, I'll let Danny tell you. But, um, yeah, I think the week after that, Sharissa will be back. Yeah, yeah. So, so two we'll, weeks from today. We'll play it all by year with Sharissa because we know when there's a brand-new baby, um, anything can happen at any time. and. <laughs> Justin may just have to get the tap on the shoulder and, and be here. So either way, either way, we'll look forward to, yeah, Sharissa's return when she is good and uh, and ready and able to come in. We'll look forward to that. Now, we have the book offer. We've got uh, the book regarding ADRA. We, we featured ADRA at the very beginning of our program today. This book is entitled The Bright Side of China, the first hmm. ADRA directors to live in China. Hmm. And they had to go undercover hmm. in order to do their work. And so they assumed day jobs as professors at a Chinese university. Wow, smart. In order to validate their residence in China. Um, however, you know, outside of their day job, um, they were working and, and very busy um, ministering to people's needs there and uh, providing uh, projects that would help and enable the people to move forward. So here's, um, here's what one uh, former president of ADRA had to say regarding the book, Dr. Ralph Watts. This is what he wrote, an amazing couple with a heartwarming story, a must read. Mm. So we're giving five books away today to the first five listeners that will text in the code word. And so the code word is, oops, I just banged the microphone a little bit. <laughs> the code word is ADRA, A-D-R-A, looking up, L-U. So ADRA, L-U, to the number 0488817624. That's 0488817624. Text us, ADRA, L-U, and the first five listeners will get that book, and you will thoroughly enjoy it. As as our friend uh, Dr. Rolf Watts pointed out, an amazing couple with a heartwarming story, a must-read. So this is a great book, Justin, mm. and I'm sure our first five listeners will really enjoy that. Now, we do have a comment that's come through. If you've got any comments or any questions, we're going to move into some current events. Um, some We're going to pick up on some stories that we've briefly touched on uh, thus far. And we're going to take a look at the prophetic implications of these stories in just a little bit. But there is a comment here that's been uh, messaged in from Mark. Thank you so much, Mark. And um, he was driving from Albury today and he saw a bridge construction site with the safety fence set up around it with a yellow and black sign saying, look up and live. Mm. <laughs> and, he's, and, he, and he writes, I oh. thought of your program instantly. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate that, that comment. And it's wonderful that, yeah, there is a sign, you know, look mm. up 
and live. And that really reminds us of the words of Jesus as he's quoting from, you know, when Moses lifted up that serpent on the pole and, mm. you know, look and live, yeah. look right. and live. And Jesus said, you know, if, if, if people look to me, you know, they'll be drawn to me. If I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. Yeah, and actually, the context of that—that that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness—is where mm. the most famous Bible verse in existence comes from. Mm. The context is that's what he's talking about with yeah, Nicodemus in, in John, John chapter three. three. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And so he said, then in John twelve thirty two, if mm. I be lifted up, well, that was actually from John three as well. But he says, um, yeah, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Yeah, John, John twelve thirty two. Well. Yeah. And the other one you're referring to, yeah, where he taps into what took place in the days of Moses when the serpents were loose there biting um, mm. the Israelites after they had, you know, Numbers once again rebelled. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but you may be able to find it. But yeah, that's where, um, yeah, the Israelites had sinned and mm. uh, they were experiencing the, the consequences of turning their backs on God, which we're going to take a look at in just a moment. And sadly, you know, God had to allow them numbers to experience, 14, Numbers yeah. 14, God had mm. to allow them to experience, um, you know, the pain, the suffering, even the death of these deadly serpents that were everywhere in the desert, but God had kept them out of the Israelite camp. But when the Israelites told God to take a hike, they no longer wanted him to protect them, to lead and to guide them, to be their God. God allowed these serpents to come into the camp and they bit so many people. Many people died and the only way that people would live the anti-venom was by faith them to look to this serpent that was um, this bronze serpent mm, that yes. was placed on a pole mm-hmm. and that would be a reminder, the antidote. the antidote, and that is what Jesus spoke of in John yeah. chapter 3. And I love that the word there for look in Hebrew, that they were to look at this, uh, at God's command, look at this bronze serpent it was actually, it's not a word for a, a fleeting glance. Mm. It's actually a stare, a studied look. Mm. And so that's a picture of, you know, we're not to just glance at Christ mm. and, hey, we're saved. But in order to be cured from the venom of sin, uh, we must have a studied look, a focused stare mm. at Christ and keep our eyes on Jesus. And I love that um, God, it, and it's strange, you know, you think about it when you first hear that story or read it. It's like, why would God use a snake to represent Jesus, mm. right? A snake represents Satan throughout Scripture. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, that is God the Father, for he made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm. So it's as if like Christ bore our sins to the point that it was like he was sin itself. Mm. Wow. Yeah, he became sin for us mm. indeed. So yeah, so that's where that's where the symbolism of the serpent being mm. on the cross. Yeah. Sin. Christ became sin for us. No, great point. Well, Justin, we have some things that we want to take a look at here um, regarding some of the events that are taking place literally before our, our very eyes that are telling us that we need to keep looking up because Jesus coming is drawing ever near. Mm. And so there's, there's a number of things here that we want to take a look at. Firstly, you know, Jesus told us in Matthew 24 that before he comes, you know, there will be wars and rumors of wars, nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And we know um, due to the labor pains analogy that Jesus shared that 
the closer we come to his coming, uh, the more tension there'll be, yeah. the, the more catastrophic uh, consequences we can expect. You know, on a worldwide scale such as we have never seen before. Absolutely. You know, we've had World War One, World War Two, we've had the atomic bomb, but now we've got nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And uh, just this week, just this week, we have sadly coming up in two days' time. I understand, you know, the one year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. Mm, wow, one year. One year anniversary. It's been a year. Um, since the war began, wow. and uh, you know, thousands have been killed, thousands of civilians have been killed and, and injured, um, homes and livelihoods have been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, People oh, have been run out of the country. I have, yeah. I have I think about nine million. I think wow. about nine wow. million wow. people have had to leave the displaced. Ukraine. Displaced. <laughs> That's an enormous amount. That's Absolutely. almost a quarter of the population. I think there's about forty million people. Pre pre war, there was about forty million people living in the Ukraine. And I've I've been to the Ukraine, I've been yeah, to um, uh, the the western side there, mm. bordering with with Poland, and I ran a I'm a program there. I ran a seminar there um, for a couple of weeks. Mm. So I had the opportunity to meet the Ukrainian people, mm. beautiful people. I have some friends. I was in eastern Ukraine for three months in 2006, and uh, in Dnipropetrovsk, and I visited Odessa and Kharkov and some other cities, but. My time was primarily in Dnipro, the city that's now called Dnipro. And one of my friends, I contacted her to see how she was going. She translated for a number of my sermons. And she said, oh, well, my husband is still there because they kept him for military service mm-hmm. and my father. But my, our daughter and myself and my mother, we have fled to Spain through Romania. And so last I knew they were about to go back because she said, we don't care that it's going to be war torn. We miss our husbands too much to live without wow. them. Wow. Yeah, many of them have gone back. Many mm. of them have gone back. Um, it's hard to know exactly how many soldiers have died mm. on, on either side, but mm. they're talking, you know, 100,000 plus. Really? Um, on either side. So wow. you, you do the maths, you know, you divide up 100,000, you know, in 365 days and you just discover, you know, that there are hundreds mm. um, dying every single wow. day, um, you know, between the Russians and the Ukrainians and not to mention you know, all those that have been displaced, as we already shared. Now, what is really interesting is that we had just this week uh, the president of your homeland where you grew up, where you were born, you know, President Joe Biden. Do we have to talk he, about he made, uh, he made an impromptu, unannounced, you know, not planned as far as the media was concerned, um, visit to Ukraine. Hmm. I to, didn't realize I hadn't, Kiev, I hadn't yes. followed the news. Yes, he made a visit and um, for the first time since George Bush Jr., the first president since wow. George Bush Jr. To, to come to Ukraine and in the midst of the war. And so mm. they, gave, they, gave the, they gave the Russians a heads up only a few hours before you know, the president uh, entered Ukrainian airspace mm. to, to let them know, hey, our president is coming, uh, keep the missiles, <laughs> you know, um, you know, just put a pause on the missiles. I mean, imagine, imagine the U.S. <laughs> president gets taken out by a missile yeah. or something like that. That would be like, you know, we don't even <laughs> want to think what that would be, yeah. uh, what yeah, that would terrible. trigger. So anyway, so he turns up and he shares with, uh, you know, the Ukrainians that, you know, 100% supportive 
of you. We're going to be with you through to the end. Uh, we're not going to allow the Russians to take over your territory, your sovereign territory. It goes to Warsaw and gives a huge speech there, hmm. uh, the capital of Poland, yeah. and reiterates that. And then, and then at the same time, you have Vladimir Putin, who addresses the nation, and he says, we're not giving up either. Hmm. And so... We've wow. got the United States. It's really a war Russia. almost between Russia and the it U.S. because the U.S. is funding Ukraine. It so. is. It is. And so Ukraine is basically, you know, the piggy in the middle mm, yeah. that is being utilized. And so we've got the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians on one side. Mm. Um, and and then the U.S. and the rest the of the world. And, and NATO and, and the West uh, on the other side. Mm. So things are really being set up, uh, Justin. And we're going we're gonna to thankfully go to a scripture in Revelation that we can have mm. some kind of... Um, assurance and peace, knowing that all-out war will not break out mm. until every person has had an opportunity mm. to hear the good news of the gospel Amen. and accept Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at that scripture, which will give us a lot of encouragement mm. in just a moment. But in the meantime, we're going to listen to Catherine Scott, I Belong. We've got the news after that, and then we're going to share some wonderful promises. Mm. Not angels, nor demons, no Nothing can take 
questions you need answered? The popular question of the day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 4 888 You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Ah, pancakes, waffles, orange juice, veggie mite on toast. I don't smell any of that. Please do the intro. Tune in every weekday morning right here on Faith FM for the new breakfast combo with Blake and Lawson. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. You're on the Looking Up show with Justin, Shell, and Danny, and we are in the home stretch. The time has flown by, Justin, and here we are in our last section before we sign off for another Looking Up show. And boy, oh boy, we've covered. We've time covered, has flown. Time has flown. I'm telling you, time really flies on radio. Mm. It just absolutely flies. It doesn't fly when I'm doing the washing or when I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> when I'm mowing the lawn, it goes so, 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 so slow. But on the radio, <laughs> it really does move by. Now, folk, if you would like to get hold of that book, that wonderful book from ADRA, those two missionaries that went undercover in in China, two ADRA workers that went undercover in order to set up various projects, beautiful book, Heartwarming stories that will really inspire you. The bright side of China. All you need to do is text in ADRA, ADRA, and LU to the number 04888-17624. That's 04888-17624. Text, text that code word in and we will send you the book. We've still got some left. The bright side of China and we will pop that in the mail and you will be able to enjoy amazing stories from the first ADRA directors to live in China. Justin, it'll be something to, to hear stories of this undercover covert operation, mm. you know, to establish, you know, ministries and work and programs to assist the people in a country that didn't allow you. I would love you. to read it myself. Yeah. I have to go buy a copy. It'll be fantastic. If but n- if, we, if we don't have the five listeners, you might be hey, one. You can text go. in. You can text there in. So, go. folk, if we want Justin to buy his own copies, ensure <laughs> quickly text that no, Text in ADRA LU. All right. We've only got a few minutes left and um, before we have to sign off for another week. But there's a few other things that are, that are telling us that Jesus is coming soon and that we ought to be looking up, looking up and continuing to look up and prepare others for his soon return. Currently, Justin, in Sydney, there's a, there's a huge festival going on. Uh, at the moment, um, beginning on February 17, which was uh, just on Friday, and going all the way through to March 5, we have the World Pride 
Sydney mm. World Pride 2023 um, festival. You know what's fascinating about the the title is Pride. Pride. You know, like that's what caused Lucifer to fall from heaven. Yeah, that's, that's what started this whole 14. mess of sin yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And the Bible says pride comes before a fall. Mm, good point. You know, in a society. In a society. So yeah. we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at that. But it's interesting when you take a look at um, yeah this world pride event they're taking place in Sydney. Um, and I'll just read it to you here from the website. And this is what's on the website, the actual you know Sydney World Pride 2023 website. Proud to be here are the <laughs> words there on the website. Um, World Pride, it's, you know, I, there, there, there's a section there, who we are. And so I click that page and this is what it says. World Pride is a global LGBTQIA plus festival that has been staged since two, 2000 with cities competing to host the event. Cities such as New York have hosted this event and this is the first time the World Pride Festival has come to the Southern Hemisphere. Mm, interesting. First time. And so Sydney is the first city in the Southern Hemisphere to host um, this festival mm. since its uh, beginnings in the year 2000. And so it's interesting when you take a look at um, these 17 days and all that that entails, and it's, and it's, and it's being rolled out as very much a family event. Mm. And so my sister who listens to the Looking Up show, she sent me um, this very interesting um, little item. She texted it through to me, the Rainbow Families and some of the different activities, connecting, supporting, empowering. And so there's going to be like a Rainbow of Light Parramatta program. There's a Lunar Park Day. There's a Progress Pride Flag Raising Ceremony. There's a Drag Story Time at the Aquarium. There's a Disco on the Green there's a rainbow tree, there's a scenic world pride, there's soggy circus, there's fair day, there's queer in Warney, whatever that means. There's a Mardi Gras parade, of course, that's like the big mm. event. Um, there's a Taronga Zoo Wild Pride Day. <laughs> wow. um, then there's a Pride March and then there's St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day, they'll be celebrating once again. So it incorporates the family, incorporates even religion, incorporates everything. And so... We, we're in a situation here where, um, yeah, the LGBTQIA plus um, community um, has branched out into, into mainstream society such as we have not witnessed before, you know, over a 17-day period. And what's really fascinating is that our current Prime Minister, uh, Anthony Albanese, mm-hmm. he is proud of the fact that he will be the first sitting Australian Prime Minister to march in the Gay Pride Parade, mm. Mardi Gras, mm. along with along with uh, the first openly gay woman in Parliament, Penny Wong. Mm. So they'll be marching together, mm. and um, and so you know, with all due respect, I I probably need to say this, and I will say this, that I have the utmost respect for all people. You know, mm-hmm. all people. Yes. I respect all people. Yes. Um, those who agree with us and those who oh, disagree absolutely. with us. I have yep. total respect and love for all people. Mm-hmm. It matters not who they are. Yes. However, what I discover as I read scripture is that the further we move away from God and his plan 
and His will and His template that He has given to us at the very beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you know, the creation account. The further we move away from that, the more the more sadness and pain and ultimate destruction we cause to ourselves as individuals, our families, and ultimately our society. Absolutely. And so that's what really concerns me. Yes, definitely. And, you know, Matthew chapter 24, um, Jesus gives the signs of the times. And one of those, in verse 12, Jesus says, um, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Mm. So... The Bible talks about, as Sharissa often says on this show, a global cooling mm. that will take place, and that is with morality and with, yeah. with kindness and courtesy and genuine, sincere love. And so the Bible actually, this is a very powerful verse. It says, because, Jesus says, because lawlessness will abound, at the end of time, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. In other words, a lack of law and a lack of respect for God's law and God's word will lead to a lack of selflessness and a lack of sincere love in society. Mm. And so while the motto is love is love, um, really, like it's a lack of, like it's not, it's not love in the biblical sense of the word to say everyone has to agree with this. Otherwise, you know, you're on the outside or you are, you are ostracized, but rather it has to do with Loving God's law. Why? Why is it that uh, lawlessness increases lovelessness? Why is it that lack of law, God's law leads to a lack of God's love? Well, that's because God's law is all about love. It is. You know, it's the first four, all love for how you love God. The first four mm. commandments, the last six commandments are all how you love your fellow man. And so to love God and to love our fellow man is in line with God's law. Mm. And when we do something that is selfish, it goes against the law and the, the law of God. And so God wants to restore his image. He's created humanity in his image. Mm. Humanity, sadly, because of Adam and Eve's choice to sin, we are marred and broken, that image of God in us. It's there, but it's a broken version of it. But through Christ, through Jesus, God wants to restore the image of God in men and women. Mm. And uh, part of that image is Genesis one twenty six. It says, and he made man in his image. In his likeness, male and female, he created them to be husband and wife. He united them. He performed the first marriage. Marriage is not just a social construct. It was a gift from God. And it's interesting, and I shared this on Saturday in my message um, at the dedication of, of baby Judah. Mm. You know, what God says in the fifth commandment, you know, that, that relates to marriage and the family, it's honor your mother and your father. Yes that your days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God is giving you. Mm. So, you know, prosperity and harmony in society is founded and grounded on the biblical family, mm. which is a mother and a father yeah. and children. That's right. Um, that's, the, that's the biblical composition of a family mm -hmm. based on Genesis 1 and 2. And so the opposite is true, you know. If you will live, you know, a prosperous life in the land that the Lord is giving you, and mm. you will prosper and do well, when marriage and family go out the window, mm. when that gets torn to shreds, well, then we can expect, you know, civil unrest, and we can expect, mm. you know, societal the breakdown of society. Absolutely, and so that is what we're experiencing today. And so, you know, what Wendy talked to us earlier. You know, with, uh, you know, now the, I guess, you know, this agenda uh, being forced 
into the Christian environment, mm-hmm. you know, into Christian schools. Mm-hmm. It's so real. I mean, you know, this is not, you know, airy-fairy, hocus-pocus, you know, kind of stuff. This is real because, mm-hmm. you know, we have now, um, as I pointed out earlier, in New South Wales, we've got an election coming up next month. You're aware of that? We've mm-hmm. got an election coming up next month. Um, and both the political parties were asked, okay, you know, the world is watching. We've got this gay pride festival happening in Sydney right now. The entire world is watching. Are you going to stand up for our rights? Are you going to outlaw, you know, uh, mm. gay conversion therapies and so on and so forth? And, you know, we've already got, you know, the AC, Queensland were the first, you know, mm. to outlaw and then the ACT. Uh, and the, the only Victoria with- went even tougher, and then WA, so New South Wales, mm. and they both said, yes, we are willing to. Mm. And the scary thing about that is not that they're banning some kind of old therapy that was abusive to people. That's not a problem. If, if, a, if something was abusive to people, fine, ban it. The problem is that when they ban conversion therapy, they pass laws like we see in Victoria where you cannot ask someone if you have same-sex attractions all of a sudden, you cannot ask someone to pray for that to go away. So it's actually reduce, like removing freedom of religion from people. So within these laws are, are lack, I mean, are an attack of freedom of speech, freedom of choice, and freedom of religion. Yes, indeed. And so we, we're discovering that our society is sadly, you know, heading in the, what I call the downward spiral mm. of morality. And, uh, and ultimately, you know, as you pointed out, you know, lawlessness. Um, that Jesus talked about ultimately leads to destruction. And, you know, this is what I share with folk when I talk about the downward spiral of morality and how much things have changed in the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years, especially since the, you know, since the sexual revolution came Mm. to town in the 1960s. You know, you've got immoral acts, which I say, which are first condemned, then they are discouraged, then they are tolerated, they are accepted, then they are defended, and then they are protected, promoted, and ultimately they are celebrated. Mm. And you can just clearly see that we mm. are going through all those stages, yep. or we have gone through all the stages, yep. and we're at that final stage now. And um, and you know, to quote Arnold Toynbee, who is one of the most um, prestigious historians of the 20th century, he wrote a 12-volume study. Um, entitled The Study of History, Why Do They Disintegrate and Collapse, where he followed uh, about 20 civilizations mm. that started, went to you know an apex, a height, and then they ultimately disintegrated and collapsed. And his take-home message was, based on the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 12, lawlessness leads to destruction. Mm. When we throw God's law out, when we throw out the principles that God has given to us in his word, and in particular in the commandments, when we set them aside and we create our own, we it, that leads to destruction. It yeah. leads to destruction. Yeah, we see it so over we are, and over in the rise and fall of nations. We are. So this is where we are, folk. And um, today we just want to let you know that Jesus is coming real soon. We're going to yes. listen to Sandra Enterman, Sea of Forgetfulness, and we're going to come back with some final closing thoughts. I stand before you guilty and unworthy How can I be forgiven and holy And I know I break 
your heart But you promised I could start all over And all the things I've done You've placed them each and every one Into the sea of forgetfulness You placed all of my sin For I am the one who keeps reminding you of forgetfulness as far as the east from the west seventy times seven you've forgiven me and you keep cleansing me and placing my sin into the sea of forgetfulness Sandra Enterman, Sea of Forgetfulness. Doesn't she have a beautiful voice? Beautiful. We had the privilege of 
listening to her lead out in the worship time at our prayer yes, conference. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah, and that was an amazing prayer conference, yeah, wasn't it? It was. How many how many attended? Triple the number of people that we've that we had last year. Actually. Wow. <laughs> six hundred and sixty. Wow. Six hundred and forty. Praise the Lord. So um yeah, that was really Really special. Looking forward to next year's prayer conference. Well, folk, we are at the end of our journey uh, for this week. That has whizzed by ever so quickly. We've dealt with a lot of things, a lot of things we didn't have time to look at this week, which we will deal with in the in the weeks ahead. Um, there's definitely no shortage of news items that are clearly pointing to the second coming of Jesus. Mm, news yes. from a prophetic point of view. And Justin, do you have a few final words you want to encourage our listeners with today? Yeah, I'd just like to, to point out, you know, Jesus' words in Matthew 24, the signs of the times that we keep talking about on our show. Um, you know, he says, Jesus says there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be time where nation rises against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Um, and then it just goes on false Christs and false prophets and all of these things. The love of many will grow cold. Something just stood out to me a, a few years ago as I was studying this. And um, as I was preparing a, a sermon, a message to share with people on it. And it struck me all of these things are designed, I mean, they're meant to, as we look around and we go, wow, that's a mess. Oh, wow, that's terrible. It's not just so we go, oh, well, it's another sign that Jesus coming is near. It's also so that we go, wow, heaven is not going to have this. Mm. Like, in other words, these things are supposed to make us homesick for heaven. Amen. So we go, wow, Amen. when Jesus comes soon, this is, this is a, a reminder that there's not going to be any war in heaven. Wow, earthquake in Turkey, all these millions of people displaced and affected. In heaven, there will be no earthquakes. Um, pestilences, famines, the love of many growing cold, false Christ, false prophets, you name it. All of these signs are to make us homesick for heaven because they are things that we will not see mm. in the earth made new. Amen, amen. That is a powerful thought. And I just want to add to what Justin has just shared in the words of Jesus at the end of the signs of the times before Jesus shares four powerful parables on how to be ready mm. for his soon return. Yes. He says, watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. And he yes. says, you know, if a thief uh, comes to your home, he doesn't give you prior warning. And he goes, he goes on and he says, you know, therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So we need to be watching, yes, that's watching, right. waiting, working, looking up, sharing with people. So these things are not just for our own personal curiosity, but these things are to be shared with those that we love, those who are our neighbors, friends. And people are looking around and being realizing, wow, this is the world is a mess. And what an opportunity to tell them there's a better world Mm. that God is preparing for us. Amen. Amen. Well, folk, um, we want to encourage you to continue to listen. We've got the afternoon show coming from Adelaide, the drive time show, and Shell's uh, show 3.30 to 5.30 on a Thursday. Afternoons with Shell will also take place. Now, Justin, would you be able to have a prayer with us before we finally sign off? Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you for the beautiful promises of your word that while this earth is, is falling apart in many respects, physically and socially and in every way, um, we thank you so much that you promise us that there is a better world, that you will create a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells, Mm, and that we will see you face to face, we will dwell with you, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying, 
or any more pain. Lord, we look forward to that time and we ask that as we see the signs of the times around us, that we will look up uh, in faith to you. Thank you, Lord. Prepare us for your soon return, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And just remember, folks, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. Keep looking up. Until next time, God bless. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me. Shapiro.